One study found that all over the world, there's been an increase in pet adoption, especially dogs, in conjunction with the pandemic. But once vaccines became available, many animals who had become used to their owners being home all the time have experienced some extreme separation anxiety because their people have had to go back to work in person. Welcome to this month's episode of Shrinks After Hours. It's the last Tuesday of every month where Julie and I sit around and chat about things we find important. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. And I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. Come on in, sit back, relax, and join our conversation. And today we decided we're going to focus on pets and pet adoptions and how important pets and other creatures on earth are. Right. Unfortunately for me and my family, even though my son really wanted a dog, we have pretty serious pet allergies. So we have not been able to be part of the wave of people adopting pets, but you adopted a dog during this time. I did. I adopted my little Rosie the Riveter, whose full name, by the way, is Rosebud Funtella. <laughs> and she has an Instagram account at Roro the Riveter, if you're interested in her life and what she thinks about. But anyway, yes, I have a senior, actually geriatric pup and have been wanting another dog. And suddenly I was working from home and just thought this is a great time to adopt and train a new dog. And then conveniently, my friend's sister-in-law's dog had an unexpected pregnancy. And uh, she sent me a picture of five little puppies. And how could I not? Oh. My family did have a dog when I was growing up and I adored her. She slept under my bed, chewed on my slippers and my books. And she was always a great comfort to me when I felt sad. So I do understand the desire or the longing that people have to love and be loved by a pet. Even now, although we don't have any pets, my next door neighbor has an amazingly intelligent cat who I love. If I'm outside, he'll walk up to me and say, hello. It sounds like a loud meow, but it's just because he's a cat. So that's the sound he makes, but I know he's saying hello. That's really cute. <laughs> Our family had a couple of dogs and, and lots of other pets actually through the years. People can bond with all kinds of pets and all kinds of pets can develop bonds with people. Though the most popular and seemingly deepest bonds, although some people would debate it, are with cats and dogs. And so that's what we're talking mostly about today. Those are the two that have had the greatest increase in adoptions during COVID. True. But pets have been providing important mental health benefits to people probably since the beginning of people. They offer affection, unconditional love, and a sense of purpose to a lot of people who have had nobody else to bond with. And even if you have a ton of people to bond with, there's nothing like a pet to help decrease stress and anxiety. 
Studies actually show that interactions with animals may indeed help with depression, anxiety, and stress. Companion animals provide friendship, they improve mood, and may reduce loneliness. Human-animal interactions may even improve social relationships, as well as enhance feelings of respect, trust, and empathy between people. Pets become part of the family. They're so happy to see you every day. Puppies like Rosie are happy to see me every time I'm gone for a minute. <laughs> also, if it's not a great day for any reason, the dogs still wag their tails and look at you so lovingly, it can really help through hard times. They just want to be near you. They wait for you all day. Rosie's used to me being around all day, and she's usually right by my side, even while I'm doing telehealth all day. She's laying right on the floor next to me. If I get up for water, she comes with me. Aww. Pets, especially dogs and cats, are just so easy to anthropomorphize, you know, where we imagine that we know what they're thinking. They seem to have such human emotions and understand people on an emotional level. That it's easy to attribute human characteristics and behavior to them, which increases the bond that people feel. And I used to feel that with my dog. We would look into each other's eyes when I was a kid. She was very comforting. Studies also show an increase in oxytocin when a dog and their owner are interacting in a positive way. Both the dog and the owner have increases in oxytocin, which also increases during interaction between mothers and babies. So oxytocin is a key hormone in attachment and social recognition. In one study out of Washington State University, people had their cortisol levels measured. Cortisol is a major stress hormone. And they had them measured before and after petting a dog for 10 minutes. And guess what? They found a significant reduction in the cortisol and in overall stress. And a study out of Japan from 2009 found that if you stare into your dog's eyes, you increase your oxytocin level. Again, that's the love hormone. I had no idea that I was doing that when I was a child. It just came naturally to me. A study out of Australia found that having a dog makes people feel less lonely. Pet owners and non-pet owners were surveyed by the Human Animal Bond Research Institute. They found that 85% of people who took their survey believed that having a pet lessened their feelings of loneliness. A study from two years ago in Great Britain found that dog owners are much more likely to walk regularly than non-dog owners with a difference of 100 minutes more per week. This makes sense since dogs usually have to be walked. Right. <laughs> and walking is good for you. Researchers also found that around 40% of dog owners made more friends because of their dogs. <laughs> I guess they're out walking and other people are out walking their dogs and they meet each other. You're more approachable if you have a dog with you. A study out of Tufts University from the Cummings School of Veterinary Medicine found that people who are very attached to their pets feel closer to other humans too as well as connected to their communities. Right, Julie. For a lot of people during COVID, especially in the beginning, there was a real need for emotional attachment. Pets make such great companions, keep you company, provide lots of distraction, warmth, and they absorb tension and negative feelings. For me, I have the added need for feeling security, and my pups give me that level of feeling protected, which is important to me and to a lot of other people as well. I also get a lot more exercise and even my non-social puppy increases my interaction with others when we're out and about. 
I was fortunate to have a pod of people during the lockdown days, but not everyone was so lucky. And a pet could provide so much support and comfort in all of these ways. Right. So probably for all of these reasons, and maybe even more, it has been reported that shelters and other places from which dogs and other pets are adopted have seen increases of 30 to 40% during the year 2020, starting that spring when COVID began and continuing into early 2021. Some shelters and rescue groups were even running out of animals available for adoption. Other than adoption, studies have also reported an increase in the number of foster families for the temporary stay of animals pending for adoption and a shorter length of stay for animals in shelters. Obviously, COVID has played a role in this trend. People were quarantined and anxious and scared and stressed, and many may have been longing for the comfort of a pet. Getting a pet is a great solution for quarantine and loneliness. For me, it was also a great time to do the early training needed, and my job is perfect for that. I would literally see people for the 50-minute sessions and then run Rosie out real quick to do her business. I couldn't do this if I wasn't working from home. Absolutely not. In my psychotherapy practice, I've noticed that quite a few people have adopted dogs or cats during the pandemic. A couple of them were because older pets passed away and grieving during the pandemic, you know, that was intense. But more than that, there were people or families who were just eager to have a pet. They thought they could train it more easily like you, Cindy, while everyone was home and they could enjoy more time with it, et cetera. And because I've done a lot of video sessions, I have gotten to meet quite a few new pets and old pets in my video yeah. sessions. <laughs> yes. People can experience some very deep grief when a pet dies. And I'm sure the pandemic made that grief so much more intense for a lot of people. But it has been kind of fun meeting people's pets. And my own have made appearances on camera from time to time as well. Actually, I'm pretty sure they've also been heard on the podcast. <laughs> I felt self-conscious about having my dogs in therapy sessions, but I've also been told it sort of makes me more human to people. So I've accepted it. I don't see why it would be a problem. I mean, unless the dog is barking and really interrupting, but she's not. She's sitting there, you know, behaving. <laughs> not that we're trying to convince anybody listening to adopt a pet, but the American Kennel Club says that spending time with canine companions does wonders for well being. Recent research shows that owning a dog is good for you physically and emotionally. Dogs make us happier, healthier, and help us cope in a crisis. And they can even help you get a date. Apparently, dogs make you more attractive and likable. Studies found that people are more likely to connect if they have a dog with them. Even in pictures on dating sites, people swipe right more often if they see pictures of a person with a dog in their profile. <laughs> <laughs> dogs help people feel more love and happiness, and they can even help older folks maintain their cognitive functioning and increase social interactions. That is a lot of positive stuff to attribute to a pet. Probably nothing new to pet owners. True. But it is surprising to me <laughs> that there has been research done regarding why we have pets and their values to us as humans. For example, there was a study at Purdue University's College of Veterinary Medicine that found that having a service dog made a big difference in the lives of veterans who were suffering from PTSD. Having the dog reduced the symptoms and helped them to cope better. So in some situations, dogs are helpful in the recovery and management of trauma. Dogs can do a lot of amazing stuff. Some working dogs do some household chores, and some can even tell when blood pressure is rising to a dangerous degree. So much stuff. 
There was a review done of research on dog ownership between 1950 and 2019 that showed that being a dog owner can extend your life expectancy. Dog owners tend to have lower blood pressure and better stress management than non-dog owners. They even found that after a person had a heart attack or other coronary event, having a dog lowered their risk of death even more. Crazy. Yeah. So those are all wonderful reasons to have a pet, but, and there's always a but, it has also been shown that stress and poor well-being of owners can negatively affect the stress and well-being of their companion animals. Stress of the owner can influence their dog's cognitive ability and behavior. So think about what it's been like managing your own COVID anxiety or job losses or furloughs, marital conflicts, household stress with in-home school and at-home work. There is a concern that the COVID-19 pandemic might cause changes in human-dog relationships in both directions. Dogs definitely influence people, but unfortunately, not in such great ways, people can sometimes influence dogs. So that's concerning. That's really true, Julie. Also, behavioral problems in dogs were reported to be one of the main reasons for the abandonment of dogs to shelters. If changes in the lives of owners occurred during the COVID-19 pandemic and or if behavioral problems in their dogs developed, then this might increase the risk of people giving up their dogs. Plus, there's puppy behavior that's normal, but not everyone can put up with it, such as the waking up throughout the night to go outside and pee, accidents in the house, chewing and ruining some stuff, interrupting usual activities. Your dog is another thing you have to think about before you go out for a couple hours or if you want to go away for the night. That's true. There's also been a trend that dogs are being returned or relinquished now that people are returning to in-person work or school. It seems so wrong that after so much time with a pet, because people were working from home, so they were there with the pet all day, that they could possibly relinquish that pet who's so attached to them, probably more attached than in normal times. It's really sad. It is sad. Rosie is a good example. She has a lot of issues. Some are because of COVID, such as her early learning that instead of being friendly to people on the street, we had to cross over and try to avoid them. But also her own genetic anxiety and obsessive compulsive tendencies, which leads to some aggression with our geriatric dog. And I wonder if another family adopted her, would they put up with her? She's clearly super attached and super loving. I call her a love bully. <laughs> she can be very pushy to get love but she can also be stubborn about getting what she wants and very difficult to focus and train. So shelters are filling up again with new puppies and kittens and fewer people are adopting now and there aren't as many forever homes available. And then there's the ones that were adopted during the pandemic, but because of lost jobs, lost wages, they just can't be cared for. Healthcare can be very expensive for pets. And then on top of that, there's food, toys, bedding, flea and tick prevention, and all sorts of unexpected illnesses or anything else like that that goes along with taking care of any living being. One study found that all over the world, there's been an increase in pet adoption, especially dogs, in conjunction with the pandemic. But once vaccines became available, many animals who had become used to their owners being home all the time have experienced some extreme separation anxiety because their people have had to go back to work in person. So unfortunately it's recommended 
if that happens, if the pet seems really anxious and having separation anxiety, the pets and owners get some training to get through this difficult transition, this adjustment to being apart much more. Which is another major cost. Yeah. Rosie was so anxious in her training class that she needed private trainers in our home. And while she's very anxious, that is one anxiety that she didn't develop, the separation anxiety, because I did learn not to make a big deal out of comings or goings, and then the dog won't either. Does she like me leaving? Absolutely not. Sometimes when I go out, I think she gets depressed or something. She won't come to greet me when I come back. I think she's a bit pissed, but she gets over it and we quickly move on. I think the important takeaway here is in realizing how dependent humans and pets are on each other, which makes for a really special relationship. But we also have to remember that pets are living beings and we need to think about them completely when we make decisions to adopt. It is a big commitment. A hundred percent. And speaking of anthropomorphism, if you'd like to know Rosie's thoughts about politics, feminism, mental health, and love, Follow her on Instagram at Roro the Riveter. <laughs> I will have to check that out. And if you are interested in learning more about pets and proper treatment and things like that, there's the humanesociety.org and phillypaws.org if you happen to be a Philadelphia person. They're both sites to go to if you want to learn more about helping with pet adoptions and care. And thanks for listening to The Shrinks After Hours, just ranting about some pets. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Shrinks on Third. Till next time, take care. Bye.